Okay, we're back in Sociology 110. This is uh, Farkas versus Labov, uh, part three. If you're wondering why I keep these podcasts so short, it's because I went on for 10 minutes once and it just wouldn't save it. So I try to keep them between six and eight minutes long. Anyway, we're just uh, we're going through this uh, Farkas article called The Black-White Test Score Gap. And he does mention the, the idea of a genetic basis. This is a book written by uh, in 1994 by Richard Herrnstein and Charles Murray. Herrnstein was a psychologist at Harvard, which tells you that even psychologists at Harvard can be racist idiots. And Murray is an independent author who still travels around the country delivering racist messages at schools who invite him. Uh, the Bell Curve actually was on the bestseller list of the New York Times for about six months. Um, and it, it, it says that um, the reason there is inequality in America is that some groups are smart and other groups aren't. Um, so uh, according to Hernstein and Murray, the smartest people on the planet are Jews of Ashkenazic descent. That's me. Thank you very much. Didn't need to uh, go to graduate school. I just sent in my proof of Jew card and they sent me a PhD in the mail. So the, that was uh, nice. And uh, in second place, they say are Asians. And they say Asians are particularly good at, you guessed it, math. Then are uh, what I like to call garden variety white people. And I say that because white people are not assumed to have too many innate characteristics like other groups are assumed to have. White people are just allowed to be human. Then uh, beneath them are Latinos, and then at the bottom, um, African people from African descent and um, Native Americans. It's uh, clearly racist nonsense, but uh, even people who don't read bought that book, and I know this because when we looked at our house to buy, um, the people who lived here had two books in a whole house, one a biology textbook from college and the other the bell curve. So um, it's a really stupid moronic book, uh, and uh, Farkas, to his credit, argues against it, okay? So what is his argument? Um, and by the way, the, the bell curve, that book, is connected to uh, eugenics and, and the whole idea that if we just got rid of stupid people, the world would be a better place. Um, okay, so let's look at the uh, last paragraph on the left-hand column on page 18. He writes... This brings us back to differences in home environment. Much of these differences originate in the distinct child-rearing resources and styles of white and black mothers and caregivers, even within the same class. Nesbitt draws on an ethnographic study by Shirley Bryce Heath of class and race differences in child-rearing to conclude that, quote, systematic differences between the socialization of black and white children begin in the cradle. Such differences probably affect later cognitive skills. For example, parents of poor black children tend not to read to them or train them in abstractions, such as the form and color of objects, or teach them how to take information learned in one area and apply it to another. Uh, now, I happen to know this Shirley Bryce Heath article very well, and the whole point of our article, which both Nisbet seems to miss and Farkas, is that um, 
Black children speak perfectly well and have perfectly good vocabulary and ask good questions. She gives the example of a four-year-old boy named Lem, who before he started school, if a fire truck came by, said, oh, I, I wonder where that fire is. It must be a big fire, things like that. But after he started school, he started imitating the questions he got at school. And instead he would say, what kind of truck is that? What color is that truck? He was mocking the known information question used in classroom settings. Uh, like that, a known information question is a question the teacher asks that she knows the answer to. So, Lem and, and Shirley Bright's Heath argument is that uh, children, black children, speak very well and ask all kinds of interesting questions, and uh, they don't enjoy participating in school because the questions they get are nonsense questions instead of the model of kids raising their hands going, ooh, 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 I know the answer. Uh, uh, a lot of children just tend to say, well, this is ridiculous and, and don't take part in it. So it's pretty ironic that they would take an article by Shirley Bryce Heath that argues that black children form perfectly good sentences and ask perfectly good questions and are very smart kids and use it to argue that they're not. That's just another example why I hate this article. So at the end of that paragraph, she writes, with middle, class and white, with middle class and white parents more likely to be encouraging and positive, and lower income and black parents more likely to be discouraging and punitive. So it's the way that parents treat their kids, not only how they talk to them. So there's something wrong with black people, according to Farkas. How can the gap be closed? And he says, well, we have to do more training in, in childhood uh, Head Start programs. But instead of hiring poor black people to work in these programs, we should hire basically white students to work in them or white people in general. And I'm sure black people would really appreciate having white people meet with their kids and say, okay, this is how you should parent to act like us and not like yourself. That would I'm sure that would go over well. Uh, I'm being sarcastic, obviously. Uh, and the Farkas article is something I really don't like. And we're going to talk about LaBeouf and how he argues against that perspective next. Bye-bye.